Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. C3 Hobart, it is so good to be with you here this morning. I'm excited. I mean, it is a little bit on the freezing side, but I've put up with it. It's been amazing. Why don't you take your seat? Um, Pastor Phil and Chris send their love. They have actually just gotten back from uh, having some time away with their family, which has been wonderful, and they send their love and their greetings. Um, and it, this weekend is actually the first time that they're going to be uh, back preaching at Oxford Falls. So I'm missing out, but I can always podcast it. So good. <laughs> How good is that? Hey. So uh, just a quick introduction. Um, I love these guys. Don't you love your pastors? Aren't they just two of the most exceptional people? I, it's, it's amazing how you can come to a place, and this is what I love about C3, is that, you know, I'm at Oxford Falls, but anywhere I go, it feels like home. When you walk in the doors of a C3 building, you know what you're going to get. It's family. And I love that these guys just completely radiate that family. And I just want to honour you and thank you so much for having me here today and allowing me to speak to your incredible congregation this morning. So thank you for having me. So I'll show you a quick photo of my beautiful family. This is my husband, Nick, and our two kids, Carter and Briley. Carter is eight and Briley is five. Um, Carter uh, grew up in youth ministry. We did ten, 10 years of leadership uh, in running youth And so our boy Carter was pretty much there. I gave birth to him on the Friday. I was there the next week at youth with this tiny little baby. And he'd grown up in youth. So he was pretty much like a two-year-old going on 13-year-old. He had this little posse of boys that like he'd just hang out with. He'd, you know, back in the day it was there every, everybody, no, hang on, what's that? Every day I'm shuffling, you know that? And he'd fully like, you know... (laughs) This little two-year-old, it was just amazing. But uh, his first day of school, he, he just loves people so much. And his first day of school, they do kind of like a half day. And so he went to school, he was frothing, just loving everyone. And when I came to pick him up, he was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, it's half day jam, half day. He's like, uh, no, I don't want to go. I was like, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to go. We'll walk back across the Oval. Uh, he goes to Oxfalls Grammar School, which is just across the road from church. So I'm very blessed in the fact that I work at church, walk across the road, grab my kid and bring him back. And so we're walking back across the Oval and he goes, stop. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What have you forgotten? What have you left? He's like, mom, look at all my potential friends. And he's like looking around the Oval and there's kids everywhere at lunchtime. And he just thought it was the best thing ever. So that's my boy, Carter. Um, Briley is this qu- more quieter reserve, full of sass. So much fun. She's my little encourager, like seriously 20, 30 times a day. She's like, Mum, I love you. You're the prettiest mum in the world. I'm like, I've just woken up, but thanks, you know. <laughs> just so beautiful. And once you get to know her, she's just full of personality. She's so much fun. Um, I... As um, Pastor Sean said, um, well, I've been married for 13 years this year. Pretty fun. Hey, how good is marriage? So good. 
Um, and I've been at Oxford Falls for 33 years, my entire life. I've grown up in the house of God. I love the house of God. I've never left, never plan on leaving. You will bury me somewhere at Oxford Falls, I'm sure, somewhere. But I love the house of God. I love the house of God. I love being able to come into his house. And like Pastor Sean said, wherever I can, I want to serve him. Why? Because of what he's given me. And I count it such an honor to be in his house every week. You know, I remember being on the front row with my parents and we'd do the offering and it was, you know, kind of like this morning with all the kids being in and it was like, you know, passed down the offering. I had four siblings and we'd put in the offering and right from day dot, my parents were showing me how to love Jesus, how to bring him honor. And I'm so thankful for the gift that they gave me, Jesus. (laughs) So, um went into youth ministry pretty much I've literally done everything possible um, in terms of sweeping the floors putting out the chairs uh, cleaning toilets to sound desk can you believe it yep that's right I did the sound desk Um, I've oh gosh like seriously you name it I've probably done it why because I'm a yes woman I just want to serve in his house all of my days but this morning I want to encourage you Matthew 7 verse 7 says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. This morning, if you lean in to him and ask him to speak to you, I know that you're here not by accident or that you just stumbled across this place this morning. It's because he wanted you here this morning to hear his word. So why don't you just open your heart this morning? Why don't we open up in prayer? Lord, I thank you. I thank you here this morning for every single person represented here, every single family member. Lord, I want to just thank you for this incredible church. I thank you today as I speak your word. I thank you that not one word that comes out of my mouth shall return to me void, but God shall accomplish everything I set it forth to do. We lift you high in this place. We thank you for your word here this morning. Let it go deep into our hearts. Let us put it into action and see the fruit of it, Lord. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, we all said, amen. Amen. So the title of my message here this morning is, You Got It. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, You Got It, but say it with some like serious personality. All right, thank you to five of you. Let's try it again on the other side. You got it. You got it. Can I just say something here this morning? Something that already I've picked up about this church. Is that right from the very start when we got picked up at the airport and there's Dan and Jeanette going, like, (laughs) waving us in. Straight away, as I said before, it just felt like family. And when I was praying for this church in, in coming up here, it was funny because I really felt God say there are going to be people in this church that don't actually have, you know, here in Tassie, any family around them. And I felt God say that he's placed you here in this place because he wants to show you what real family can be like. You know, there might have been some of you here that maybe your family is overseas, but some of you maybe just have strained relationships with your family around you. And, and God's here to show you what family can look like. 
And in this place, you're going to find healing and the incredible love of Christ shown through people. So I want to encourage you when you get into this house, when you get into this church, plug yourself in. Get immersed in the house of God. Get immersed with people around you. Maybe you don't like people. Some people don't. And they just prefer to be by themselves. Can I tell you, press in. There is so much gold on the other side of you pressing into relationships. Maybe you've been hurt. This is the most beautiful place to be in the house of God. Let him work on your heart and let him bring beautiful people around you that become like mums and dads. Maybe you don't have a grandparent here in Tassie. You know, you have some of the most beautiful people that will come around you and be like grandparents. I've seen it in my own life and I'm so thankful to God for that. Let me share a scripture with you here today. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. This is a scripture that I keep coming back to and God keeps reminding me. Isn't it amazing when you come to bring a word, you are always tested in that word. That, that true, that, that thing on the inside of you, that revelation that you have is like put to the test. So let's read this here today. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, as I just love getting, I love studying the Word of God and being able to unpackage it, pull it apart, get different translations and see what they mean, why they're saying that as opposed to other things. I love to look at why every single word is in there and why it's God-breathed in there for a purpose. So let's read this. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, God's generous grace. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. And as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. Let's just stop and think about that for a moment. Another translation says, everything you need for life and godliness has already been given to you through Jesus. Let's, let's just stop. Everything you need for life, everything, everything you need, not the person next to you, but you, everything you need for life and godliness, life and godliness has already has, has already been given to you through Jesus. He's already done it. He's already given it to you and you already have it on the inside of you. Isn't that powerful? Everything you need to do this life, everything you need in order to parent, everything you need in order to do your job, everything you need in order to be able to serve God in areas that you're like, help, everything you need has already been given to you. Everything. That's a wild statement, right? So I have this really amazing gift. I'm going to share it with you. You ready? 
I can kill cactuses. Can anyone else? I see that hand. <laughs> you can kill cactuses. <laughs> Seriously. I house it this house. There's not even pets, thank the Lord Jesus. And they still, after four years, get me back. And I swear, every time those plants see me, they're like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> and they shrivel up and die. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I killed your plant again. You know, <laughs> she still gets me back. I don't know, maybe she likes me. But I have a knack for being able to kill things. I don't know why, I just can. It's really sad. Until this year, we bought our first place last year, which is incredible in Sydney. Um, we bought a one-bedroom unit, yes, and we live in it. And no, the kids do not sleep in our bed. Thank the Lord Jesus. Nope. But I decided this year, I am determined, I am going to get good at this thing. And what I realized was that I was just purely uneducated. I didn't know that every plant has different needs. It needs different soil, different amounts of water, whether it needs sun or shade or a bit of both or full sun. And I realized I actually had already everything I needed. I had the sun. I had water. Maybe I just didn't do it. I had the soil. I had everything I needed. I just realized I actually just was uneducated. I, I didn't realize what I had. I already had it. I just needed to put it into action. I have these keys. They're actually my church keys. And amazingly enough, I have had these for three and a half years. We have a storeroom downstairs uh, in our basement. And for three years, I've known that only two people have the key to the storeroom. And that's not me. It's my husband and the kids' church keys. And so for three years, three painstaking years, there have been so many times where I've rocked up to church early or been there late and I'm like, I just need to get into that storeroom. I can't get in. Well, let's just say four weeks ago, I discovered that I actually, my own office key, my very own office key that I open every day actually opens that storeroom. <laughs> you should have seen the happy dance. It was, no, I'm not even going to attempt to floss. But you should have seen me, the happy dance I did. I was like, I've had it the whole time. I ran up, so I was like, guys, I've had it the whole time. I have the storeroom keys. And they're like, yes, really cool. But just didn't get the excitement. But I had it the whole time. I just didn't realize it. How many times do we just not realize that we've been given everything that we need for this life? Everything you need for life and godliness has already been deposited in you through Jesus. Everything you need. So my first point today is we have been given everything we need. We have been given everything we need. The second point of today, number two is what has been put in your hand? What has been put in your hand? I'd love to look at the life of David. You know, David was age 15 when he got anointed by Samuel. And he was out in the field tending sheep. The rest of his brothers got brought before Samuel. Samuel was like, have you got any more? Um, this, none of them here are it. Jesse's like, well, I've, I've got this son. He's kind of out in the field. Uh, you want me to get him? He's nothing special, but we'll, we'll bring him in anyway. Samuel's like, please, come on. So here he comes. And 
I want to read this passage. 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 13 says, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are all these, are all these the sons you have? There is still the youngest, said Jesse. He is tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him, we will not sit down until he arrives. So they sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Here's David. He's 15. But did you know that he did not actually become king until he was 30? During that time, he was faithful with whatever he had in his hand to do. Whatever he had been given a role by his father, he did. And he did it with all of his might. And that's what God saw. That's what God saw. He saw that he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Sure, sure, I'll go and do that. He became the harp player for Saul. He became the armor bearer for Saul. He killed Goliath. He worked for Saul. He hid from Saul. He was playing the harp and Saul tried to kill him. He was a journey that this young man had gone on. And all along the way prepared him for being king. All along the way. Imagine, can you imagine if he just decided, oh, I've been anointed. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to wait now. No, sheep. Ew, stinky. Not going to do that. No. He went on. Straight after he had been anointed, he went back to the tending the sheep. And then he became the harp player. But then further on, it says that he kept playing the harp for Saul, but then he would go back and tend the sheep. Here is a guy that knew what he was called to do and had no problem doing anything. Oh, it's not, no, that's too below me. Oh, no. No, I don't think I could say yes to kids' ministry. What is that? <laughs> he said yes. He was in for the journey. God gave him skills which he used. He used the things that God had given him. And what might seem have seemed insignificant to others, it wasn't to him because he knew that God had given it to him. He knew who he was and he trusted God. And you know what? God anointed him because of it. Let's read 1 Samuel 17, 34. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What guts this kid had. He was, he was a kid. And I love that this morning... Hudson, what a great job he did, hey? Yeah. Exceptional, great young man. Grown up in the house of God. Oh, it's just the best thing that you can do for your kids is bring them into the house of God every week and bring them early. 
Because when you bring them early, they start to form friendships. They play, they hang around. If you rock up late, they miss out. You miss out. If you leave early, they miss out. You miss out on community. Can I encourage you, get to church early. Bring your whole family into this place. It is the greatest place. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. You know, the very skills that David had while no one was watching were the very things that took him into the victory that he had. The victory that he won in public was, for, was because he won first the victory in private. First private, then public. What has God put in your hand today that will take you to where you need to be tomorrow? And what battles have you fought in the past that have brought you to where you are today? Everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. And what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with what he's put in your hand? What, have, what are you going to do when a leader asks you, hey, can you run a connect group? Can you welcome with me? Can you help me do production? Can you help me on kids? What are you going to do? The choice is yours. But watch out what happens when God gets a hold of your world. You know, talking about battles, it's amazing how God prepares you for them, how God allows you. He doesn't orchestrate them, but he allows you because he wants the gold to be brought out on the inside of you. You know, uh, when Carter was five, he had something called obstructional sleep apnea. He had it quite bad, but we didn't realize how bad it was. He'd be asleep at night. He'd probably be awake more than 16 times a night. He would uh, stop breathing. And so what would happen is uh, his tonsils and adenoids would fall down the back of his throat and block, block his airways. And so you'd hear this snoring like a freight train 200 meters away with the door closed to silence. Silence, silence, and then <gasps> every night, every night. And it went on for a while, but we didn't realize how bad it was. We had gone to the ENT. It wasn't a great help. He was kind of on the uh, wait list to get them out. But one morning, I went on my prayer walk. I came back. He was on the couches. He would normally do. He'd wake up all hours of the night slash morning and he would you know do all sorts of things because the adrenaline was pumping through his body it would keep him awake so anyway he came out and he was lying on the couch and I went for my prayer walk came back and he was still in the same position and then Nick and I would tag team he would go out and he'd come back and and uh, Nick came back and I said to him oh is Carter up he goes oh no he's on the couch and I was like yeah but I can't hear him and he's like yeah, he's just, he's just on the couch. I walk down to my bedroom and I look out to my, cou my couch with my child lying on it. And I was like, he, he's, uh, he's, a, he's asleep, but he's, he, he looks funny. And I said to Nick, he kind of looks like, um, it's funny what you say in those moments, he kind of looks dead, right? <laughs> and we looked at each other and he was all sunken in. He was a shade of green. And he, he was not with us. And I remember in that moment, this sheer panic, thinking, and again, it's amazing what goes through your mind in those moments. Like, how am I going to tell people? Like, he died on the couch. Like, it was this moment of weird thoughts going through my mind. But then I'm like, 
oh my gosh, my child is, he, he's not with us. What do we do? What do we do? And it was this moment of panic. And I remember going, God, I don't know what to do. And we're both crying and we're shaking him and he's just not, not there. And long story short, for time's sake, we managed to get him back. And I tell you, the sheer relief after he had taken that first huge breath was like, oh. And I remember him going, what's wrong, mum? Because we're like bawling. I was like, I thought you were dead. And he's like, I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did that just actually happen? And we went on this journey of two months of being in and out of hospital, hospitals that would look at us and go, here's a perfectly healthy looking child. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, it's just when he sleeps, he, 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 just, he, doesn't, he doesn't sleep well. And we had to fight. I had to fight to get him admitted to the hospital. And during this time, I'm like, God, I just, I just don't understand. There are so many things I'm just not understanding at the moment. And I felt God say, trust me keep walking. So I did. Two months worth. Every night the alarms going off and the nurses would rush in, you know, make sure that he was fine. And we went on this journey of making sure that, you know, he had every test on the sun to make sure that when he went under the anesthetic that he would come out because these kids that have chronic um, obstruction or sleep apnea tend to go under the anesthetic and don't come out well or at all. And so we needed to make sure that he would come out well, but it took two months. He even got chicken pox from the hospital and we had to be sent home to quarantine at, you know, <laughs> with all the monitors. And every time I'm like, God, why? I, I'm just not understanding. Well, why this? And he's like, trust, keep walking. And you know, at every turn, I'd see why I needed to trust the time before. And you know, it was only last week that I was speaking with one of the people in our connect group who is facing a similar situation with her son's um, health. And I was able to stand with her in prayer. And you know what? Keep trusting God. Keep walking with him. And so that battle that I had fought, I was able to walk someone through their battle. What's, what's the battle that you're facing at the moment? that you've got to keep walking, keep trusting God and know that he will turn all things out for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that is you. So if it's not yet good, you keep walking. You keep walking until you see it be good because God is faithful. If I look at my own life, I see choice after choice after choice. I see the fact that in youth, I chose... God. I was a worship leader at the time. The whole band left. We had a change of leadership and the whole band left but me. I'm like, that's a bit awkward. You can't just sing a cappella. <laughs> Here I am, Lord. <laughs> and so I learned guitar in my bedroom, teaching myself three chords. I was pumped with my three chords. I just wanted to worship Jesus and sing to him. Then someone saw that I had a guitar in my room and they dobbed on me. Stacy plays guitar. I'm like, no, I don't. It's three chords. It's not going to work. Long story short, I became the music director. I decided to go to college. I decided to get equipped. I decided, you know what, God, use me. I look at the 11-year-olds that he gave me, you know, walking in with their drums in plastic bags as 11-year-olds. I look at those 11-year-olds today and they are now 20-something 
and they are our main players in our Oxford Falls band. And I think to myself, God, I had no idea what I was doing. Not a clue. I'd go to college. I'd learn all the theory. I'd go home that day. I'd break it down so I could teach 11-year-olds music theory. And those 11-year-olds are now in the house of God playing. And I just think, God, you're so faithful. I have no idea what was on the other side of my obedience. No idea. Even with the fact that we took on kids. I had no idea what was on the other side of my obedience. We took it on at three services. Three services. God was like, I need you to think big. I don't want you to get in on the ground. I want you to be up here, put structures in, delegate, delegate, delegate. We had no idea why. It was three services. I'm like, well, okay, sure. We did. Why? We didn't know why. Later on, a year into us doing kids, we started a location. Then it was like location after location. And we are now at 11 locations across Sydney, overseeing all of the kids. And I think, God, you're, you're so faithful with what he's given you. What has he given you that he needs you to grab a hold of and do? What has he put in your hand to serve in this house? Maybe at the moment you're not serving. Ask God, God, speak to me this morning. Where do you want me to be in this house? It's not just about you serving. It's about the community that you find in serving in this house. You can't just serve when it suits you or when the time is right. Because you know what? It'll never be right. The devil knows what happens when you come in and you serve. There is power when you serve in the house of God. If something matters, you will make time now. And your priorities are what you spend your time doing. Third point today is we need to be filled with power. Luke 24, 49 says, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Power means strength, power, ability, powerful performing miracles, moral power, and excellence of soul. Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. We need to be filled with power. And how we went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Did you know the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you? Let's stop and think about that for a moment. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. Like, isn't that mind-boggling? Which means that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Which also tells me, back to the start, that everything you need for life and godliness has already been given to you through the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was praying for this, one thing that God said, you know, there are people here that need healing. You're here in this place and you need healing. It might look like physical healing it might look like I don't know you know you know what you need and I feel like there are people that are here and your health is holding you back from serving your health is holding you back from living life and life to the full and I'm here to tell you today is your day 
Go after the healer, not the healing, but the healer because you will never be disappointed. So we're going to pray in a moment. And if, if you're one of those people, you're like, you know what? I need the healing power of Jesus in my life. I want you to be on this side when I pray for everyone. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak in tongues. It's there for a reason. Get baptized. If you want that heavenly language and you've never been baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, I also want to pray for you here this morning so that you're filled with this heavenly language. When you don't know what to pray for, it says that the Spirit intercedes on behalf of us with groans and utterances that you don't understand. But he goes to God and says, this is what she's going through. This is what he needs. This is what he's facing. He needs this right now. And the coolest thing about it is when you speak in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. You don't. It's a heavenly language to God. And God understands it. But the great thing about doing something that you don't necessarily understand or can comprehend is that you can freely receive. You can freely receive all that God has for you because there's no doubt in your mind. The devil can't come in, steal, kill and destroy because you don't know what you're saying when you speak in tongues. And so today, you might be here and you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want that heavenly language. I want you to be in this middle section here. But firstly, I want us to close our eyes where we are here this morning. Here this morning, you may be here in this place. Maybe someone's brought you. Maybe you came here to watch a child on stage. God wanted you here because He wanted to meet with you and connect with you here this morning. He loves you so much. And so here this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus to come into your life, to be your Lord and your Saviour. He says that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you're here and you feel far from Him. Maybe you come to church week in, week out. You are faithful in coming to church. But you know in your heart of hearts that you don't have a relationship. A close relationship is what He intended it to be. And so today you can decide to come close again to Jesus. So maybe you're a third type of person and you're here and you just don't have assurance when you die where you are going. You don't get into heaven by being a good person, although that is a great thing. But Jesus made a way for you. He paid the price that you should have paid. All so that you could be in a right relationship with your Father in heaven. And so this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to quickly shoot up your hand in a moment and say, that's me. I want to invite Jesus to come to my life. I need to get close to Him or you just need assurance. On the count of three, I want you to quickly shoot up your hand high enough and long enough so the pastoral care team can help me with this. One, two, three. If that is you here this morning, I see that hand, I see that hand. Who else is here this morning? You're saying, I need Jesus in my life. Who else is here this morning? Incredible young man. Who else is here this morning? You're saying, I need to get my life right with Christ. I need to get my life right. Right now, your head and your heart are having an argument. No, no, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. This person's here today. No, today is the day. 
of salvation. Make Him your Lord right now. Who is here today? Amazing. So good. Incredible. Why don't we just bow our heads right now? Why don't you just pray this prayer? If you prayed this prayer, if you lifted your hand, I want you to say this prayer to Jesus. But we're all going to say that as a congregation together. Dear Lord Jesus, today I invite you to come into my life. Thank you for dying for me, for taking away all my sin, all my sickness and my shame. I repent. I turn from my way and I turn to you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Thank you for saving me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we give these incredible people a hand this morning? Incredible. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.